It is Free Talk Live, the talk show that you're invited to call in and take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever's important to you. 603-283-6160 is the number if you want to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Tian. And Conan. And we've got updates from Australia. Evidently, they have a new horrifying surveillance bill that was rushed through their parliament in under 24 hours. A trucker protest going on there, as well as one that's starting in the United States. But I want to talk about Candyman because I saw it advertised on YouTube several weeks ago. And then I, of course, forgot about it because I have other things to do. But I love horror movies. And evidently, horror movies remain one of the most profitable genres at the box office. And that's evidently always been true. Really? Evidently. Well, it doesn't take a lot of money. cheap. Yeah. To make them. Ooh, that makes a lot of sense. And people like to go, and that's something you want to watch in the theaters and be scared with other people in the mm. in the crowd. That's that's what this article says, but I, I don't get that appeal to it. I don't want to go see it in theaters because I want to be you know terrified with other people. I just want to go see it there because that's the only way to see it at the moment. Well, maybe there's safety in numbers. Mm. So what, you did go to the theater? I have not seen it yet. Oh, okay. But now that I've remembered that it exists, I've made a note to go and see it uh, probably Thursday night. You'll have to let me know if they let you in without a mask. Are they requiring masks again? I have no idea. I mean, okay. I haven't been there since the since last summer when since you and I tried Back it. Back to the Future yeah. event. Yeah. So movie after movie, Hollywood's recent blockbusters have struggled to bounce back to 2019 ticket level sales. But Candyman once again proved what a, what a profit driver the horror genre is. And it's called just Candyman, which sort of upset me, given that it's a sequel to the 1992 film. But evidently, it's not really a sequel. It's part remake, part sequel sort of thing, which is... They do a lot of that these days. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but okay. So had you seen the original one? I I think so, unless there's been a remake of the original since. Then yes, I've seen so. the original. It looks, it looks like there were, so there's 92, which is which is called Candyman. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then in 95, there was Farewell to the Flesh, Candyman. And in 99, there was Candyman, Dead of the, or Day of the Dead. See, I didn't even know these movies existed. They must have sucked. Hold on, let me look and see. What well, I'm of... sure they do. the the second The second movie for a horror genre is always terrible, and the third is even worse. You can you can watch the ratings just go steadily down as the sequel numbers increases. So it's sort of a remake, sort of a sequel. And over the weekend, the Universal Pictures film debuted, tallied 22 million in ticket sales domestically, and another 5.2 million in international markets. That's still Way down from, you know, some of the other movies that were releasing pre-2019. Do they mention any uh, of the competitors, comp- the competition movies out there? Because I don't know. Uh, like who else was in the theaters, you mean? Well, who? what other movies were being played? Because I, I, I this, this is just something that you, I don't even hear about anymore. It's, well, you know. Well, they do mention some of the more recent releases, like Black Widow, which was released by Disney, I right. think. Yeah, but then that go, yeah, but that was did that go straight to Disney's channel though, right? They, the, the article explains. So movie theaters have struggled to sustain momentum since reopening last year. The problem has been exacerbated by many high-profile fr- franchise films that have been made available in theaters and on streaming services at the same time. But that hasn't been the case for Hollywood's 2021 horror films. The slate has been exclusively available in theaters, which has coaxed audiences out to experience frights and jump scares in the dark. Analysts had expected Candyman to perform well, but maybe not this well. The movie theater experience is tailor-made for horror movie viewing, and thus the relationship between theatrical exhibition and this most consistent and indeed profitable 
of genres will continue for as long as audiences are excited about being scared in a darkened room with a bunch of strangers. <laughs> with smaller budgets compared with other genres, horror films don't have to make as much at the box office in order to turn a profit. Now, it, it, it goes into numbers here that I'm not really interested in, but I, let's compare it to other things. Paramount's A Quiet Place Part 2, which was delayed, quote, due to the pandemic, has tallied nearly $300 million globally since its release in late May, with an estimated budget of around $22 million. Evidently, that's another horror movie. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, around $40 million and $200 million worldwide. But Black Widow, which was released by Disney had a production budget of $200, $200 million mm-hmm. and a marketing budget estimated to be around $100 million. So they spent $300 million making and advertising this movie. With a global box office haul of $370 million since its early July release, which the studio has to split with the movie theaters, the Marvel movie likely won't break even. <laughs> Disney has re- reported some of its streaming, yeah, excuse me, streaming grosses for the title, which includes a $60 million opening weekend in digital sales. Similarly, Warner Brothers' The Suicide Squad, which was in theaters earlier this month apparently, had a budget of $185 million and has currently collected around $150 million in box office receipts. Hmm. So horror movies, still doing well, still proving profitable, but Warner Brothers and Disney... They're, their movie's they're, not doing so They're much. sucking these days. And, they, and it looks like the next couple of uh, superhero movies that come out are going to do the same. Are they still making superhero movies? Of course they are. Oh, there's, there's, oh, yeah, there's the next generation. They got, they got all kinds of cool characters. Oh, they got some kind of animated thing where it's uh, What If Marvel or something where they, they switcheroo all the characters. Like I think the first one was a female um, uh, Captain America, the, girl, okay. the, the girlfriend. That's right, and Natalie Portman's becoming the new Thor, right? Uh, yep. Uh, That'll be awesome. I'll go and see those. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how that's going to turn out. Now, I will say that the uh, the director of that particular Thor is it's one of my favorite directors, so that might turn out all right. He's he's a little bit of a comedian. I like that that uh, uh, that mixture of superheroes and uh, and comedy. I think it's a good good. Uh, good mix i can answer your question from earlier conan who was Candyman competing with mm-hmm. in the theaters uh looks like Candyman was the only movie to open at movie theaters this past weekend so there wasn't anything else new that came out right so he's obviously competing with other theater movies that have been in play which uh, free guy was number two i've never That's heard of that ryan reynolds movie well i don't watch television so how would i see these things being advertised anyway also, they also, directed, on the internet. also directed by taika watiti Oh uh, yeah, did he direct that? Yeah. Oh, I, I know he had a part. I know he's he an actor. He plays a in role it. in it. Yeah, I know that much. Uh, th- I happened to come across a promo for this when I was just looking at RottenTomatoes.com, just looking at you know like what movies are coming out. Because I'm like you, Arya. I have no idea what movies are coming out. I mean, I generally don't go to them anyway. There has to be something that's really motivating to me to make me want to actually go yeah. out sure. to the theater. But uh, it is nice to know what's coming up, and RottenTomatoes.com is a good uh, does a good job of that. Yeah. I watched the promo for it. It looked pretty fun. It looked like a uh, looks, you know pretty entertaining movie. It, it's, uh, it's Ryan Reynolds. He's it, being himself. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, you know, very popular actor. But ultimately, the movie appears to be about a video game world in which Reynolds is sort of like you know some side character. He's like a bank teller or something like that, and he's he doesn't realize he's you know he's an, character he's, he's an npc he's an npc essentially and some woman comes in who's a player and she like tries to open his mind or something red like pill. that speaking yeah. of red pill the only movies that i have have my eyes on at all are dune 
the remake. When's that one coming out? Soon. Okay. Uh, the the trailer is already out. Maybe maybe August, I think. And then also, of course, it Ma- is, Ma- August Ma- is Matrix ending. Four, which uh, probably won't. That's December. Uh, December. Yeah. Uh, and, and then Paw Patrol, the movie, was number three, followed by Jungle Cruise. So Free Guy is in its third week, Paw Patrol in its second, and Jungle Cruise in its fifth. There are not a lot of nope. new movies coming out at the, at it's the all, box it's office. It's all streaming. It's all Netflix. It's all um, Amazon. Well, and, even, I mean, a lot of these are getting released simultaneously onto those, but I mean, that's just not a whole lot of new movies at all. No. It's a dying, it's I mean, a, it is a dying uh, situation for real. Free Guy does sound interesting, though. That, yeah, the promo looked fun. It looked like yeah, a fun movie. I wouldn't want to go see it in theaters, but, you know... When it's on one of these streaming, maybe it is already on one of these streaming services. That's certainly the way I prefer to watch things because then you don't have to deal with the lines. You don't have to deal with the, the crowd of people or people talking during the movie or any of that sort of thing. You can take a break when you need to. Mm-hmm. You, yes, can, just, you can have whatever kind of al- beverage and or food available to you and you don't have to buy you know, crazy expensive. Pop- I can't even understand the popcorn. I, of course, I wouldn't eat the popcorn anyways. <laughs> No, I'm not surprised I make, I make, you wouldn't. I make some you, kick you ass. You seem like the guy who would take your own popcorn, like smuggling in in your coat pockets or something. Yes. <laughs> but I make some kick ass uh, uh, movie, movie theater popcorn. Oh, yeah? Uh, good. Good. Well, there's more coming up. We're going to talk about these protests in Australia and what the Australian government is doing to, to keep an eye on its citizens, including taking over their social media platforms. What movies coming up are you excited about? 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us, 603-283-6160. If you'd like to do that, that's 603-283-6160. Now, we're, we're going to talk about the protests going on in Australia and the United States, but I want to start with the surveillance bill, the horrifying, disgusting surveillance bill that will allow Australian governments to take over your social media accounts, to hack your devices, and other things like that. Delete your accounts all without warrants. And this horrifying bill was passed, uh, pushed through their parliament in under 24 hours. Because when the government wants to take control, when they want to spy on you, they can get their crap together and push legislation out of the door pretty quickly. Yeah, it's true. And the story here uh, comes from Tutanota.com, which is a, if you've never heard of them, they, they do like privacy emails. So, I've never heard of this. Similar to like Proton Mail, I guess? I think so, okay. yeah. Um, Pete Ayer actually has had accounts with them in the past, so I know that uh, it's got a good... If Pete Ayer's using your product, it's probably a pretty good product. So I, you know, I know these guys are, and they, they, they're, they're fairly well respected. So they're writing about this for whatever reason. The Australian government from Tutanota.com has been moving toward a surveillance state for some years already. Now they're putting the nail in the coffin with an unprecedented surveillance bill that allows the police to hack your device, collect or delete your data, and take over your social media accounts without sufficient safeguards to prevent abuse of these new powers. These powers are abusive by their very nature. No doubt. This month, the Australian government has passed a sweeping surveillance bill worse than any similar legislation in any of the other Five I countries. The surveillance... Five I countries? It's like Australia, Canada, U.S. Uh, what does that mean? There's a, there's a certain group called the Five Eyes, and I don't okay. remember where that comes from. Maybe Conan can find out for us. 
Yeah, I've never heard of it. The Surveillance Legislation Amendment, uh, I think France is in there too, Identif- maybe UK, Identify and Disrupt Bill 2020. So this is what it's called. The Surveillance Legislation Amendment, Identify and Disrupt, which Identify and Disrupt are in parentheses, uh, Bill 2020 gives the Australian Federal Police and the Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission three new powers for dealing with online crime. Now, even though it's called Bill 2020, this this story was published today. So this isn't like, you know, a year old. Uh, point one, data disruption warrant gives the police the ability to disrupt data by modifying, copying, adding, or deleting it. Two, network activity warrant allows the police to collect intelligence from devices or networks that are used or likely to be used by those subject to the warrant. And three, account takeover warrant allows the police to take control of an online account, for instance, social media, for the purposes of gathering information for an investigation. The two Australian law enforcement bodies, the AFP and ACIC, will soon have the power to modify, add, copy, or delete your data should you simply become a suspect in the investigation of a serious crime. Yeah, so they're reaching full-on China levels of surveillance and smashing privacy here. Uh, By the way, the Five Eyes is an intelligence alliance. Uh, The the countries involved are Australia, Canada, New Zealand, United Kingdom, and United States. And it's been around since World War II. Wow. uh, Especially during the Cold War. So basically, all these these countries get together and they uh, They share 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 information with each other. What makes the legislation worse is there's no judicial oversight. A data disruption or network activity warrant could be issued by a member of the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. A judge's warrant is not needed. Australian companies are obliged to comply. When presented with such a warrant from the Administrative Appeals Tribunal, Australian company systems administrators must comply and actively help the police to modify, add, copy, or delete the data of a person under investigation. Refusing to comply could have one end up in jail for 10 years, Jesus. according to the new bill. So if you're a network administrator of some company and they hand this to you, you have to help them. That's right. Hack your hack your client. Yep. And... Not just say, okay, well, I'm not going to stand in your way, but I'm not assisting you with this. Required hacking activities could include altering, copying, and deleting data, intercepting and modifying communications, surveilling networks, and changing account credentials. Politicians justify the need for the bill by stating it's intended to fight child exploitation and terrorism. However, the bill itself... enables law enforcement to investigate any serious Commonwealth offense or serious state offense that has a federal aspect. In fact, the wording enables police to investigate any offense which is punishable by imprisonment of at least three years, including terrorism, sharing child abuse material, violence, acts of piracy, bankruptcy, and company violations, and tax evasion. Bankruptcy. I love how they say this is about child exploitation and terrorism, two of the big phrases that are just meant to make the people support this legislation. Absolutely, because who could be in favor of those things? Well, no one, but this bill is unlikely to do anything about either of those issues. And and is terrorism even an issue in Australia? I don't know. I don't live there. I don't either. And I've never heard of Australian terrorism being an issue. Maybe in New Zealand, but that's... I oh, yeah, there was that one attack in New Zealand a couple of years ago. But that was one attack on Muslims. Mm-hmm. Australia's just going downhill ever since Paul Hogan left. <laughs> and here they are. I'm happy to hear you believe Australia exists. In this in this particular simulation, yeah. Okay. Today, today's simulation. Um, and, they're, and, they've got, and they're building the, the vaccine concentration camps. 
the, they are, uh, the, the yeah. COVID concentration camps. I mean, they are. I've n- I've not heard about this. They're 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 rushing it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You haven't heard about Well Camp? It's called. I the, have not. It, no. the, the Center for National Resilience. What now? What is it's, that? It's called the Center or the Centra for National Resilience, and they're fast tracking it. That's Hunt- what the camp is called, or the. Okay. What, what is this supposed to be for? It's a quarantine camp. So what they're doing in Australia is they've been using hotels for quarantine. So if you come into Australia, if for whatever reason they allow you to come in, uh, you If for are, some reason you want to go there. Yeah, you are sent to quarantine for, I don't know, let's say two weeks or whatever the arbitrary number of days is. And they've been sending people to hotels. Well, they're saying that the hotels are a danger because all of the quarantined people are using the same uh, you know, the same hallways, right? So hallways in the hotels are being used by the, all the quarantined people. So therefore, it's not really a, a quarantine or it's not good enough, right? Because the COVID could spread in the hallway. So their proposal is to build a 1,000-bed facility, which will be outdoor uh, pods, basically. It'll be for single people, for couples, and for families. They'll have, like, little cabins, apparently, that they're building, and it's going to be near the uh, the airport in a town called, literally, it's called this, Well Camp. Hmm. The town itself, apparently, is called Well Camp, so it just happens to be they're going to build a concentration or a quarantine camp. And not to mention, in well camp. you had that one character Is there going who, to be a barbed wire fence around this thing? Not clear. That one character who basically was told to quarantine and took off, and they, spent, right. they spent like a week trying to find him or something, and he was quarantined. Did you see they did find him? Yeah, they yeah. got him. Uh, yeah, I never said, looked into that. After but yeah, I guess this would be the next step if you instead of, you know, because you can you can have guards actually monitoring all of the, you know, the lepers who they send to this place. So are you stuck inside your little cabin thing for the duration of the quarantine? Or Presumably, are you allowed to go if outside? Done, if it's done like some of these other quarantines in other places, you will have a one hour out. So it'll be a 23 hour lockdown. That's the way it's being done, for instance, in Saipan. An hour of yard time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely horrifying what's happening in Australia. But luckily, people are pushing back against it, especially truckers who could gr- grind the entire country to a halt. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to hear from one of those truckers. 603-283-6160. If you want to join in, 603-283-6160. And there's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. After a devastating war, the alien visitors were driven back, and their willing human collaborators were left behind to face the music. When Emma Jean Anderson's ex-lover springs her from prison, Nathan Foster and his 14-year-old nephew Ben are tasked with bringing the pair to justice. An easy enough job until they discover something is inside Emma Jean, and the fate of the planet hangs in the balance. The Family Business by Mike Coopery from BaneBooks.com. It's Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us. Talk about whatever's important to you. 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria, Ian, and Conan, and we're going to talk about truckers in Australia, because if ever there was one profession that could protest and actually accomplish something almost overnight, it's going to be the truckers. Truckers and farmers, especially Mm -hmm. with farm equipment. With farmers, it would take longer for their protest to become clear. 
or for the effects to happen with truckers, three days and all of the stores are empty. Yeah, if they're not sure. empty the first day because people are like, oh, God, we're not going to get another delivery. So they rush out and buy all the toilet paper. Well, here's what some of the farmers in some of the European countries have been doing. Uh, they take their equipment out to the road and they block traffic. Nice. Right? Mm. And they drive up and down the, the, the main street there. And, uh, and so, I, I don't know if you've seen some farm equipment. You know, some of these threshers and some of these, you know, mills and whatnot. You're talking about very large uh, uh, vehicles that can that can cause a lot of uh, upset. So that's also what the Australian truckers are doing. They're planning on blocking ports and major highways and things like that. They're not just protesting by not delivering things. They're also protesting to get in the way. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. And I'm, I'm hoping it's effective because Australia is out of control and no one, no other body or class or designation of person in Australia has that much power to do something about it. But of course, it will depend on how many truckers are on board with this. It would. And it also, uh, well, the other thing is they're in a unique position because they can't be told they're non-essential, right? These these guys are al- allowed to go out. They're allowed yes. to be on the roads. So just the fact of leaving their home isn't necessarily going to get them put in handcuffs. Allowed. Um, I like that know, word. That's the way it is. <laughs> I mean, everybody else in some of these places is completely locked down. They can't lock down the truck drivers because they still need to allow people to go to the grocery store. And in order for them to go to the grocery store, the groceries got to get there. Yep. So they are allowed to be on the roads. There's nothing that, that can be done about that. However... Uh, apparently, according to CDLLife.com, which is a trucker news website, CDL being the commercial driver's license, uh, there's an article here about, will the U.S. trucker anti-vax shutdown look like the Australian version? They say that apparently today was set to be the day that American truckers were to park their trucks to protest possible vaccine mandates on the horizon, but it remains to be seen whether their actions will be as headline-grabbing as the Australian driver's shutdown. Obviously not, because I hadn't heard any of this. I heard about the yeah. Australian truckers, but not about the American uh, version. The, well, the uh, American... Media wouldn't want to talk about the American Absolutely trucker not. protests. No, no, no. Because they're we, all about the vaccine mandates. Correct. And now what are the Australians uh, protesting? The, max, uh, the, the mandates? The lockdowns? The everything. The mandates. I mean, all the things that are going on to destroy freedom in, uh, in Australia. And when I did hear about the American version of this, it sounded to me like a muted variant like mm-hmm. the australian truckers are saying we're going to target the ports we're going to target you know the the major thoroughfares or whatever we're going to block this stuff uh the americans i, I don't even remember what he, what they said but they, it was it just well, sounded weak it, by ha- comparison. it happened today obviously yeah. according to the, the two two articles i've have pulled up um it supposedly happened today it supposedly it's only a couple of really you know upset truckers who are uh popular but amongst their other truck buddies uh basically their goal was to just pull over <laughs> yeah pull over and just or, or even just or even just drive at five miles an hour down the interstate well what i had heard was that they were just going to go on strike right today which of course is ultimately not that meaningful it's not going to really do much but then again did they really do much in australia let's get a little bit more uh, to the story so on August 29th, so a couple days ago now, a group of Australian truckers managed to shut down M1 on the Gold Coast for about an hour to protest employer-mandated vaccines. The truckers draped a banner reading, Truckies keep Australia moving, not politicians, across the front of their trucks, 
and caused major traffic disruptions on the highway. The protest activity was joined by a group of non-trucking industry protesters angry over COVID-19 shutdowns, bringing the estimated number of demonstrators up to about 100, according to local news outlets. Police eventually broke up the blockade and forced the trucks off of the highway. Protest activities continued into Tuesday in Australia. The West Australian reports 150 people were arrested and 600 cited at various anti-vaccine, anti-lockdown protest activities Tuesday uh, in Australia, many of them not associated with the trucking industry. And when when you actually go and you look for news about the trucking protest in uh, Australia, you end up finding stories about these people that were arrested and the protesters supposedly took over the truckers' protest and so all the, they just joined with the truckers protest, though. Yeah, right? but all the news about it completely sidelines any coverage of what the truckers had done. I had to go to CDL Life to find out what they actually shut down, and they do mention this this one highway. Um, but again, you know, we're relying on the mainstream media here to tell us what really happened, and that's not going to be acceptable so this audio here uh is this an australian or an american truck uh, i've got audio from a uh i don't know if it was a tiktok or something like that but you know self self-shot video of a trucker this is an australian trucker and it gives you an idea for how some of these guys are feeling and i did have to censor some of this because he's upset understandably it takes it a second to start let me move the cursor here a bit Australia the so-called corporate government. We run this country. We are the people, and I'm a truck driver. We, as truckies, we will block all your highways, we'll block all your ports, and we'll even stop what we need to stop. There is nothing you will be able to do. You back off. These are our roads. This is our country, and we will run it how we want to run it. That's a powerful message, and he's not wrong. If they want to, they they could grind the entire country to a halt. Wouldn't do much for the Australian people because they wouldn't be getting food and you know necessities. But if ever a group could stand up to the government, it would be truckers. This is our country. You and your vaccines is bull. You can fuck off. You are not going to mandate nothing. And for the kids, what you're doing, right, is disgusting. What you've done in Roundham Up in New South Wales is disgusting. We are going to run this country. We are taking it back. Us truck drivers are going to be the front line. And whoever's behind us, we are going to take our country back. You politicians make me sick. You guys are filthy. You guys do not represent us people. And you don't represent this country. F*** you. We're going to take our country back. Powerful message, awesome. and he's not, he's not wrong about the kids either. I saw an article today at the Drudge Report about how schools are having to hire more therapists to help kids deal with, quote, the trauma of the pandemic. But really, once you look at the article, they're not talking about the trauma of the pandemic. They're talking about the trauma of the fear surrounding the yeah, pandemic it's not and like the lockdowns. It's not like people are dying left and right around them, causing any sort of trauma from that. The trauma is of the mandates. The trauma is of putting masks on, forced to be wearing masks while interacting with friends and and uh, people at the grocery store or whatever. That's traumatizing. You see the school that they are teaching the kids to walk like zombies? 
That was to, a, a picture from a year ago, but yeah, it was something that actually happened. In they, order to retain social distancing, yep, they, they, they got they, their hands out. And it's just oh, it's, they were told to do the quote zombie walk. So literally, I have not seen that. That's horrifying. Yeah, literally turning kids into zombies. So, but the vast majority of kids wouldn't even know about COVID nineteen if it wasn't just being plastered on the media everywhere. The, the majority of U, U.S. citizens wouldn't know about it unless it was plastered everywhere. Also true. And by the way, it's not just uh, the the fear and the uh, the depression and this and the you know suicide. Uh, numbers that have gone up, but now you've got a new epidemic, obesity. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, I happen to have a statistic from Disclose.tv. Obesity of U.S. children increased among 5 through 11-year-olds from 36.2%, which was which already, already really bad, to 45.7% during the so-called pandemic, according to a new study. I mean, what else did you expect? You got kids locked up in the house that just, you know, vegging and streaming, whatever, whatever, and eat. Well, I've got good news on that. Uh, a number of doctors are now prescribing time outside to treat ailments like obesity and anxiety. So, How do you like that? Yeah, That's so. what I've been saying for the last six, <laughs> uh, 16 months. More about Australia and what's happening there coming up 603-283-6160 and later, just go outside, get some exercise. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live, where you can talk about whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160 if you want to join the discussion we're having tonight. It's 603-283-6160. But I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. It is the best place to go to learn about cryptocurrency. So if you don't know anything about it, go there, Bitcoin.com. Click Getting Started at the top of the page. Take a few minutes out of your day to watch just a couple of videos about this important and world-changing information but if you're already a knowledgeable crypto user check out news.bitcoin.com for all of the news and headlines that's relevant to you all on a sleek and easy to use modern website that's bitcoin.com we're talking about australia which has been a focal point of a lot of our shows lately because there's what's happening there is insane new zealand very similar to australia locked down their entire country Mm -hmm. over one positive case new south wales They've been in lockdown for about five weeks now, I think. And it was ultimately because one guy got it at a pet foods manufacturer, and now it's just everywhere. So their lockdown clearly is not preventing the spread of COVID-19, but they're insisting on doing it anyway. But it sure is uh, you know, empowering the government to it, completely dictate and control people's lives. And one of the articles did point out that like New Zealand, Australia apparently is one of those countries that doesn't really have like a constitution or bill of rights or anything like that. So essentially the government there legally can kind of just do whatever it is they want to do. And really? Yeah, there's really not much you can you know, you can appeal on. And they don't have guns. And that's that's, right. that's a big one right there. This is the same thing in Britain. I'm still surprised to find that Australians don't have guns. I mean, sure, maybe not in the rural I think they area. allow them in the rural areas for like okay. shooting varmints yeah, or something for, like yeah, that. Yeah, for hunting. But yeah. they actually have them? Nah, they, they banned those a long time ago. Well, you got to expect this thing from a country that used to be a, a penal colony. Mm-hmm. They have criminals there and they, criminals obviously in charge. Oh, yeah. Well, just like anywhere. It's yeah. just it's just they're leading the pack of total lockdown insanity on the planet, at least that we've heard of. And it's moment. also their flu season as well. Yes. To keep to keep that in mind. So yeah, might- so this is coming. We are you know, we're gonna have you know, Tennessee might be working on their own concentration camp. 
quarantine, <laughs> I'm sorry, quarantine resilience camp or whatever they want to call it. I know that Canada was at least floating the idea of such a thing, but that was like a year ago that we talked about that and I haven't looked into it since. So and I don't know. And by the way, that's if they don't, we don't even have already have these camps set aside that we just don't know about that aren't showing up on Google Maps, FEMA camps I'm talking about, where... You know, in a pinch, you got a, you know, you, you got some rabble risers on the radio talking about how this is bull, bull crap. Uh-uh, get those guys out the air and take them to the take them to the camp. Well, Alex Jones has been talking about FEMA camps for a number of years. And oh, yeah. he's almost always right. Well, in, I don't in, know if in, I'd say almost always in, right. in, in, a, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust that guy. Yeah. At all. Alex Jones. He, he yeah, hurt, he's he, humorous. He, he he's very humorous, but he hurts the he hurts the cause. He oh, really he really hurts the cause. You just reminded me of something I saw last night. So you remember Jesse Ventura had a TV show called like Conspiracy Theory. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. A decade ago, I thought it was pretty retarded actually. So I mean, it's it's, it's entertaining. It's, it's kind of like it's real reality TV ishness. Yeah, it is. He, very he, much he, had, so. he had a news program too. That he did for a while. So uh, somebody posted a clip on social media from 2009. There was an episode of this show where they interviewed a doctor who purportedly was like an expatriate. She'd left the United States due to put the police state here. And she was talking about how the U.N. at some point is going to release a vaccine that's going to get people sick and it's going to be the flu. And like there was some things that she said that seemed pretty interesting like how predictive it was what she said now she wasn't right about everything as far as how everything went but uh, i just watched this clip and it made me think hmm what's old jesse ventura thinking about the vaccine uh these days i'm willing to bet he's vaccinated i suspect he is because he's pimping it yeah jesse <sighs> ventura is pimping the vaccine and uh, and of course well, that- so, so is trump yeah, of course. Yeah, these guys are all part of the system, but it's resulting in a bunch of people sharing Jesse Ventura's posts and saying, like, pe- people on the left or the pro-vaccine people or whatever, they're sharing Jesse Ventura's posts saying, see, if Jesse Ventura thinks it's it's a good idea, then clearly it's not a conspiracy. Yeah, well, Ar- and Arnold <laughs> Arnold's pushing it, too. He's like, screw, oh, yeah. he's, screw, like, your he's like, screw your freedoms. Yeah. So you got, so you got Ventura, you got Trump, you got Schwarzenegger. Yep. And and they're saying that, what do they call, what do they call them? Uh, Spreadnecks? Yep. The, the, the Southerners who uh, refused to get the Trumpies. Trump got booed, by the Trumpies. way. they're not Trumpies. I mean, the vast majority, maybe not the vast majority, but the majority of people in the South who aren't vaccinated are black Americans. Are black Americans, correct. Not white ones. So they're not they're not rednecks. But I mean, but I mean, we... There are black rednecks. You just a, can't the see anti-vaxxers them. are getting uh, uh, thrown into this group of con- white conservatives, and they're all Trumpy, they're all MAGA, and and it's all bullcrap. You got a lot of, of you got a lot of a, well, a lot of the just, black community that aren't taken to this thing because they 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 remember history. Mm-hmm. You got to remember the left has a view of the world that is extremely myopic and childlike. There's us and there's them. So if you're not on their side, you're them. So th- they'll gladly lump the Chinese people, black people, white people, conservatives, libertarians, anarchists, all of them into a single category that is just basically not not 100 percent in agreement with me. Therefore, evil. Therefore, the devil. Therefore, MAGA, therefore, Trump supporter. <laughs> That's what they do. I don't know why they do it. But it's, meanwhile, well, it's, they, well, it's tribal. It's, it, it, it feels good to be a part of a team, to be a, to be a member of a team. It's insane, though. But when you but when you have a bunch of bunch of soy boys, a bunch of woke soy boys uh, who who uh, who can't take care of themselves, who don't have any any skills, any strengths. Well, of course, of course, of course, you want to be a part of a clique because you're not because on your own. You're nothing. You're just a weak, 
little man. Well, that's why they hate individualism for sure. That's why nationalism Mm -hmm. is such a thing because it allows people who have accomplished nothing in their lives to feel great and be emboldened because I'm a member of the United States and it's the most glorious nation on earth and all of this other nonsense because that's the only achievement they can cling to is the fact that they were born in a particular location. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Trump at one of his last rallies, he got booed. He was talking Trump about, did? he's talking about, I'm so, I'm so good. You know, I got the vaccine out there. You guys should all take it. And they booed him. <laughs> nice. So this, this, so just shut it down. Liberals, this idea that, uh, that, you know, uh, that only MAGA, only Trump Trumpers are not taking this vaccine. That's bull crap. His people aren't happy with him about this, about the 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 push to get that out there, and then and then taking credit for it. And of yeah. course, now Biden's taking credit for the exact same thing. Sure, it's the same. It's the same jab. It's not. It's not any different than. I miss hearing about the the Twitter feed that just takes people's posts from like a year ago about the evil Trump vaccine, and mm-hmm. a year later, like, hey, I just got my vaccine. Yeah. Kamala Harris, Biden, all of these guys, well, Trudeau. But this is just at your average ordinary person. I think there's one guy called New York Dad or something like that who's fairly Brooklyn pop- Dad. Yeah, fairly popular on Twitter who did exactly that. And he was just like, I'm not getting this Trump vaccine. There's no nothing on earth that would make me trust Trump's vaccine. One year later, I'm so proud. I went in there and I was shaking. I was so proud to get the jab. I felt so good. Oh, it was only They're like, Yes, I'll gladly get a third jab or a fourth jab or how many it takes I'm, to keep me safe. I'm already in line for the booster. Even though these these are still the Trump vaccines. Correct. Uh the the account you're referring to is Defiant L's on Twitter, at Defiant L's. And they posted one today from a liberal named Jeff Tedrick, at it's Jeff Tedrick on Twitter. From September 23rd of 2020, he writes, Yeah, sure. Bro, America has lost confidence in our scientists. Thanks to your constant carnival barking. He's talking to Trump. Uh, constant carnival barking about imaginary miracle cures. Great job, goofus. Even if you do come out with a real vaccine, no one's going to trust it. Pat yourself on the back, peacock. Real ace work. <laughs> I love that they tagged this guy as they posted these and what's things. The, what's the new update? The latest post was apparently from today. Jeff Tedrick writes, Holy effing S. If you insist on, quote, doing your own research, unquote, then build your own effing ventilator. Stop clogging up our hospitals. Wow. It's, it's like they don't even. It's they like, don't. It's, it's like these people aren't even real. It's like <laughs> yeah, I, 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 always, it's I always bring up the meme, the NPC meme. They're goldfish, man. But I, I'm serious. These people are so clueless. It, it's like they're not even. It's like they were written. It's like it's like they were they were coded for a, a certain response one year ago and someone just flipped a switch. And they don't even remember that he said all this stuff. Nope. <laughs> They're goldfish, man. They, they were angry at Trump, so they were against the vaccine that Trump was releasing or right. that Trump, that what's being developed that Trump had nothing the to Trump, do with. The Trump vaccine is what a lot of them call it. Yeah, even though Trump had absolutely nothing to do with it, other than probably telling the FDA, hey, yeah, let's go ahead and get this going. They still called it the Trump vaccine. And, and they all lined right up for it they as soon did. as Trump got out of office. <laughs> it's, it's amazing that people do it, but hey, it, it's common. I don't like calling them NPCs, but I guess I, I don't really it's, like it's, calling it's, them goldfish either. But there's, what the hell, people? How yeah, can you say how you could change your opinion like that in overnight? Nine months. Yeah, just months. completely 180 in nine months. How do people do this? Have you changed your mind? Did you hate the Trump vaccine and have you since been vaccinated? Give us a call. Let us know. 603-283-6160. 
There's more coming up here, 603-283-6160. We're going to talk more about the Australian protest and the U.S. protest. It's Free Talk Live. This message is for you if you are a polyamorous person or you're in an open relationship and you are struggling with jealousy, loneliness, and communication problems. Hello, my name is Jeremy West, and I am a polyamory coach with degrees in psychology and communications and five years of experience with polyamory. And for a limited time, I'm teaching a free online class just for polyamorous people or people in open relationships where you will discover a new, simpler, and unique way to uncover the secret that experienced poly people know about jealousy that you must know too, stop feeling lonely when your partner is out with another partner, and use the four key elements that will change the way you communicate forever. No more crying yourself to sleep when you're alone for a night, a weekend, or longer, and wondering if it's better to go back to a monogamous relationship. Sound good? Well then, go to jeremywest.net slash free class and register for my class now. Again, that's jeremywest.net slash free class, jeremywest.net slash free class. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. As always, you're invited to join us. 603-283-6160. You can talk about what we've been discussing, which is the protests or just the insane forgetfulness among people because it's not you know we do have this one twitter account that's making fun of liberals but we have the exact same thing that republicans have doing for the last several decades they all contradict themselves because probably the only person the only political demographic whose tweets you can't just find one and then a year later find a direct contradiction to are probably going to be libertarians which tend to be pretty consistent as mm-hmm. time goes on because they are coming from a politically consistent point of view rather than an emotionally charged one. Correct. Like the liberals who were angry at Trump, so therefore they hated the vaccine, but now that it's not Trump in office, they love the vaccine. Yeah, it's so bizarre. I mean, it's it's hard to even imagine being like that. I mean, and you mentioned the principle that we have, and it's the non-aggression principle as liberty-minded people. We believe that it's wrong to use aggressive violence against our neighbors to get our way. We want to persuade rather than yes. harm. And it's so weird. Uh, the New York Magazine article that just ran about the Crypto 6 mentioned, you know, uh, highlight amplifying the bad decisions like the lawsuit against Keene for the mask mandate, but Look, we oppose the mandate part of this. If you want to wear a mask, fine. No one's going to stop you. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be mandated because we are politically consistent on that note, philosophically consistent. I mean, nothing right. should be mandated. Didn't matter if it was Trump in office or Biden in office. We've been against this the whole time. Yep. So have other people. And now people are beginning to protest, including truckers. There's also a trucker protest going on in the United States that started today. Who knows how effective that's been? I haven't heard anything about it. But again, my ability to I don't look, think you're going to. You're, you're not. But I mean, if we do have truckers who listen to this show, if you know, if you even knew anything about this, call in and, and tell us, you know, what you heard. Uh, I just tried to join one of these uh, trucker Facebook groups. Um, uh, I'm waiting for a, a reply. Uh, the first question on the, 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 the poll, by the way, was uh, do I support banning fracking? <laughs> so I, uh, I don't know what that has to do with a trucking page, but well, uh, they're, they're pull, they're 
they're trying weeding to get, they're trying the to weed out the correct correct the sec- I, I like the wording though do you support banning fracking and not do you support fracking well, I don't support banning it, no, because I don't support banning anything. Well, the three the three responses were yes, no, and uh, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> there is a bit of background here from the CDLLife.com article where they, they look at Australia, what's been happening there or what ostensibly has happened there, where they shut down a road at least. We don't know much more detail about what other – because the guy that we, we listened to earlier, the audio clip that you played, Aria, he was saying they're going to shut down the ports and shut down the roads, and it sounded like it was going to be a big uh, big thing. And now, of course, the mainstream media isn't going to you – know, they're not going to report accurately on successful protests – but they Especially did. not ones that are against the lockdowns and the mandates. Correct. Um, now, apparently, they did go and shut down M1, which is a highway on the Gold Coast, for about an hour. But the police came and they broke up the blockade and forced the trucks off of the highway. That's the only story that this particular article mentions. But then they talk about the U.S. side of things. So there's so far been no serious push to require vaccines for American truck drivers. The U.S. trucking industry at large has been hesitant to take the vaccine and has been vocal about their dislike for employer vaccine mandates. I'm not surprised. They spend the vast majority of their time by themselves. Well, but also truckers are pretty freedom-minded people generally. Uh, they, they're screwed by the government. I mean, they, these, these poor guys. I mean, they, they are... The government mandates all kinds of stupid rules on people with commercial driver's licenses, like mandatory drug testing, and they pull them over all the time to harass them about whatever BS, you know, road rules or, you know, oh, your little LED light is out. Not to mention the weight limit things. They're constantly having to... stations. Not not to mention the price of gas. And they get paid per mile. So when they're waiting in line at one of these weight stations, they're not getting paid for that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of regulation on the American trucking industry. And so, as you might imagine, that kind of push, that kind of rule by the government is going to lead to people feeling like, screw the government, right? So, amongst truckers, there's a large anti-state Well, I support uh, them in that. Screw the government, indeed. Yeah. So, uh, so, and you might expect that those same guys would also be questioning towards vaccines. And so, if truckers, uh, professional drivers, are refusing to take a vaccine, and again, the industry is not even asking them to, because they know what's going to happen. They know that if they tell these <laughs> truck drivers to take a vaccine, the drivers will be like, "Well, find somebody else to drive this thing." That's well. By the way, that's exactly what happened uh, in my profession, uh, mail carrier. Mm-hmm. Our union came straight out and said, "Hey, look." Uh, we don't care what you say, Biden. You you can't you can't mandate this. You can't make our workers right. get the vaccine because, because you know why? Because half of us would quit just like that. Right, and then nobody gets the mail, you know, delivered. And in this case, you're not going to get any products delivered because already it's difficult to find people to work in this industry. It's an industry that has been struggling in recent years, uh, the trucking industry that is, because well, you know, they see what the writing on the wall is. They see automated. Uh, trucks coming. I don't see it anytime soon. It's they're working on they're it. They're testing Walmart's automated cargo ships right now. I mean, but not anytime soon. And if we get bombed back into oblivion and we're living in caves in the next five years, it won't matter anyways. <laughs> be much more important things on our minds. Anyway, they know what's going to happen if they put a vaccine mandate in place, and that is these yeah. truckers are just they're not, not going to drive. Work. But and but you you were we were talking about why we haven't heard any part of this, any of this American variant of the the trucker protests and well uh here's here's the here's the main guy here disrespected trucker mm-hmm. three got his his video was taken down off tiktok he's not he's been banned from tiktok 
Yeah, they get into this disrespected trucker guy here. So after reading reports on the planned Australian strike, many U.S. truckers began plotting their own shutdown on social media in part of in part in support of the Australian movement and also to warn employers and the federal government that they don't want the jab. I hope they move their discussions to Telegram or some other platform that won't censor them. One of the most outspoken advocates for the U.S. shutdown was TikTok user The Disrespected Trucker, who called for truck drivers to gather at various locations across the country today, August 31st, in a protest mirroring the planned Australian blockades. Quote, on August 31st, Tuesday, we're asking that everybody not go to work, which is not mirroring the protest Mm-mm. of Australia. Australia's guys, they specifically said they were going to block things. This guy's saying don't go to work. If you're out on the road, shut your truck down. There are guys that plan on putting their trucks across the road. There's guys who plan on parking on the side of the road, parking at home and at truck stops. I'm not telling anyone how to do it or what to do. Unquote, he told his followers. However, TikTok abruptly shut down his account, forcing the trucker onto Twitter and possibly stymieing organized protests in the United States. In an what August- was TikTok's reason for shutting him down? They, they, they don't they, allow you to use their platform to organize protests? Yeah, you know they don't have to give you a reason. His, yeah. re- his response, by the way, to the, the TikTok removal. Censorship is real, folks. I just got banned off TikTok for absolutely nothing. I didn't threaten anybody. I didn't bully anybody. I didn't promote violence. And they banned me anyways. You know why that is? Because I have 85,000 followers in less than a week because I speak the truth. It's sad what this country is coming to. And if we don't all start standing up against this, we're in deep trouble, just so you know. Anyways... I guess I'll be here a little bit more until they ban me off of Twitch. <laughs> Twitter. Not Twitch, but Twitter. I'm sure it's coming very shortly. Have a great day. It is. I mean, if you're a trucker and you want to plan a protest, I would recommend matrix.freetalklive.com or social.freetalklive.com because we won't censor you. You got Mastodon? Well, yeah. I mean, the CDL Life or any of these trucking websites could start their own Mastodon. That's also if they true. wanted to. But we already have one that they could join. We do. While many truckers have said they don't plan to participate as of Tuesday afternoon, because again, if you don't, if you participate in this, then you probably get in trouble, right? Like you've got to get your load to the destination. And yeah. a lot of these guys are going to be like, yeah, I support you, but I got to get to you know, my destination. There's some evidence that U.S. truckers are participating in protest activities. A Facebook Live video shared by Sparky Anderson appears to show a slow roll driver protest near Nashville, Tennessee, that ended with a truck bearing a sign reading hashtag freedom stop the tires being pulled over by the police. Hmm. So slow roll would be presumably blocking one lane of traffic. If you've got more than one truck, you can do the old Polish roadblock, as it's called, and you can block all three lanes or whatever and go like five, ten miles an hour, whatever the slowest roll you can do. Wow. And that's I presume that's what that is. It's getting horrific out there. And we talked about how Australia is starting to sound a lot like China. Well, China is doing a new thing. They're limiting children to three hours of online gaming per week. That's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us. 603-283-6160 is a number to do that. And hey, maybe someone should tell this trucker, I don't remember his name now, about Odyssey. Because there, they he can post whatever videos he wants, as long as it's not pornographic, and they won't be censored. 
We have an Odyssey channel. You can find it at video.freetalklive.com because like these truckers, we are constantly getting hit by big tech platforms and being censored. Our YouTube channel has gotten a number of strikes for, quote, medical misinformation. It's just a matter of time before all of them drop the axe on us. So check us out at video.freetalklive.com. There we can't be censored. I mean, we, in theory, could be censored, but we won't be. That's video.freetalklive.com. And underpinning that is library, which can't be censored. Yeah, I was going to say, we can't be censored. The the library channel, at least, cannot be censored. Right. And Odyssey is just sort of a front end that accesses the library network. It's, It's all very confusing, but you don't have to know all of that in order to use Odyssey. Just head on over to video.freetalklive.com, create an account if you would like, and there you can follow us and see our content even after Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and all of the others. Shut us down, video.freetalklive.com. Now, China. I used to play a number of online games. Uh, maybe not a number. There was only there was like one that I would play at a time, basically. Mm-hmm. Like Rift or World of Warcraft or something like that. And I know from experience that three hours of online gaming per week is not enough time to do anything. But it's nope. worse than that. Because it's not three hours total. It's one hour Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. <laughs> You get one hour on three nights in which to engage in online gaming, and that is not enough time to do anything. Now, is wow. this this is new or th- this this is, is new? Because I thought they already had some type of mandate like this out they there. Did. They, they do, did. but this one is significantly harsher. China is banning children from playing online games for more than three hours a week. The harshest restrictions so far on the game industry, as China's re- Chinese regulators continue cracking down on the technology sector. Minors in China, that means anyone under 18, can only play games between 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Fridays, (laughs) Saturdays, and Sundays. Wow. So if you can't play for that one hour, that's the only hour you get. Yes. And that's starting tomorrow, September the 1st, unless it's already September the 1st in China. I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah. So that's already started there. So this is, but this is just online. So you could get, you could play other yes, games, right? Yes. Well, well, presumably they probably they may not have a way to monitor. That's what I'm thinking. Whether right. or not you're playing your Xbox or whatever, as long as you don't connect it to Wi-Fi. Yeah, they're using the companies to do the enforcement on this. So the companies. Yeah, that's the that, only way it would work. Right. That limits gaming to three hours a week for most weeks of the year, down from a previous restriction set in 2019 that allowed minors to play games for an hour and a half per day wow. and three hours on public holidays. Now this is the gaming companies or the internet provider because they're the one who'll be able to throttle and uh, whatnot i'm Uh, I'm pretty sure blizzard was required to implement things into world of warcraft in order to get it approved in china so it would be the gaming companies and why would blizzard even agree to that because they wanted money from chinese players who could then play world of warcraft no 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 no, but, but they don't want their players not playing they only they want them on there as long as possible. That, no, they, Blizzard doesn't care how much time people spend playing their game. They're making the same amount of money anyway. They prefer you to play less and still pay that fifteen dollars oh, subscription have, they have, they have fee. A, they have a subscription fee, correct? Yeah. So they would rather these bans and limitations go into place. This is horrible. The CNBC story on this says the rules will apply to companies providing online game services to minors, limiting their ability to serve those users outside of the designated hours. Uh, the companies will also not be allowed to provide services to users who haven't logged in with real name registration, simply uh, preventing them from remaining ignorant to their users' backgrounds. So this also means that if you want to play as an adult, 
on any of these game servers in China, you have to be logged in as you. You cannot log in as some anonymous gamer. You have to be identified. You have to show ID. You have to be, you know, your name, your ID under your account or else you will not be allowed to play. Or you can only play in the designated hours, right? So like if you're an adult and you don't want to tell them who you are, you can only play from 8 to 9 p.m. on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm. The new regulation affects some of China's largest technology companies, including gaming uh, giant Tencent, whose Honor of Kings online multiplayer game is hugely popular globally. I've never heard of it. As well as gaming company NetEase. So stocks are falling as a result of this. Market capitalization is falling. The gaming restrictions are part of an ongoing crackdown on technology companies amid concerns that technology firms, many of which provide ubiquitous messaging, payments, and gaming services, may have an outsized influence on society. Hmm. Earlier this month, Tencent said it would limit gaming time for minors to an hour a day and two hours during the holiday. So Tencent was already planning to limit the playtime of minors anyway. Well, they're a massive Chinese game corporation, which means they are the Chinese government. True. <laughs> they're basically every. I don't know what the uh, exactly how it all works with Chinese companies being part of the government or whatever, but Tencent is tied in. Yeah, and they were also going to ban children under the age of twelve from making in-game purchases. The company issued the curbs hours after a state-affiliated newspaper criticized the gaming industry and called games quote spiritual opium. Hmm. Regulators said in Monday's notice that they would strengthen supervision and increase the frequency of inspections of online game companies to ensure that they follow wow. the new regulations closely. Well, uh, you know what? This is a problem, especially with the gamb- the, on- the online gambling, the, uh, the loot boxes. Yes. Um, the, well, th- those are definitely an issue. I, I know. Uh, and they say, you know what? Magic the Gathering was also a problem, too, though. And that it was, was that was a very interactive tabletop I mean, it was, game. It was it, they were loot boxes though. Exactly. I remember you know working with two of these clowns, and uh, dude, th- I spent so much money when, <laughs> when I was into Magic the Gathering. So much freaking money. Dur- the only way to avoid it was to go online or go to a gaming shop and buy the specific card that you wanted for an mm-hmm. astronomical price, right. or go on eBay. I've I've sold I've sold cards on eBay. I believe it, and they probably sold pretty well and for pretty generous amounts of money. They did, uh, which is why I always keep my eyes for Magic the Gathering cards, and I'll I look them up. <laughs> but uh, no, I remember these two clowns. They would during lunch break. They would go and they would they would buy five or six packs, and then they'd come back to the break room and they would have an opening, yeah, a showing. We did this when I worked at Radio. <laughs> where Shack. they would one at a time. They would one at a time open the cards and they would show each other. And uh, sometimes they'd get something they wanted, and a lot of times all crap. All going wow. right into the crap box. Um, yeah, it's a, these loot boxes are a real thing. And now you have all these uh, these uh, uh, mobile apps mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you can't you can't get anywhere in the game unless, unless you, you unless you pay. Yeah, pay to win. Yeah, um, it's disgusting, man. Uh, Dead Space Three released for sixty dollars, and it had nothing but this microtransaction loot box oh, nonsense in it. Fallout seventy six. Yeah, that was another. I mean, look, I understand. If you're going to make a, quote, free-to-play game, fine. Put some money-making mechanism in it. But if you're going to sell charge a $60 people. game, yeah. get that crap out of here. Or charge more for the game. If that's if you want more money, ask for more money up front. Right. But then the season passes, the DLC, all of that nonsense came out. And then they have DLC that if you buy the season pass, which is supposed to include all DLC, oh, but not this super special oh DLC, God. you still have to buy that. And I'm like... That's where they get you. It's I, frustrating. I'm a PC gamer. I remember when content patches were assumed were to be free. coming down the pipe, yeah. and they were free. Right.
Now that's no longer the case. So I don't agree with China's approach to this, but there are certainly issues with the gaming sphere as a whole. What are your thoughts? It's Free Talk Live. When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. Monster Hunter Bloodlines by New York Times bestselling author Larry Correa and Bane Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for more. It's Free Talk Live. As always, you can join us 603-283-6160. You can talk about whatever you want as long as you keep it FCC friendly. 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And Cody. And we were just talking about gaming in China and how online gaming is being restricted to one hour, three days per week. But you know, America For children. For, for minors. Under Spiritual the, opium. Yes, is what they call it. what they call it. The, for, for this, for basically video game addiction. Yeah, which but... The, which the Chinese government does not like. They think it destroys uh, their... They're uh, they're minions. They they need they want good workers. They don't want people staying at home, uh, you know, wasting their lives or vegging out. They want them out there working. Which is an interesting contrast to the American government, which does want people sitting at home on their couches doing nothing, being useless. This year, anyways. Collecting uh, a government paycheck. Yes. And we've seen obesity and anxiety and depression and all of these other things just skyrocketing as a result of it. And I can't say I'm surprised these people have been locked in their homes out of fear. Sure, fear that they believed, but as a result, they're anxious and Obesity, you mentioned earlier, it's climbed to, I think, 40. Like 35 to 45, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's climbed significantly among children. Among children. Uh, five to, age 5 to 11, so young children. And doctors have a, quote, surprising and new, innovative way of dealing with this. They're prescribing calibrated doses of time outside to treat obesity really? and anxiety. You mean, like, you mean like the way that we grew up? Out in the woods, building forts, playing kickball, running around and... Almost killing each other. You know, I started to counter you say, well, I spent most of my time indoors playing video games. But as you went through examples, I was like, yeah, I remember, I remember I did doing stuff. that. I, yeah. And I played video games, too. I <laughs> yes, remember so I. I had an Atari 2600 and I, you know, I, I paid 50 bucks for it and I got like 20 games. And I remember I played the heck out of that thing. And mm-hmm. I was always I was always like three or four years behind everyone else. I was, too. So when everyone was playing Nintendo, I was playing Atari 2600 and I eventually got a Nintendo. And uh, but I was out there, you know, roughing it up. At the same time. So yeah. I, I really feel for some of these kids that, uh, I don't know, the kids around my place, are they, there's, like, there's, a, there's a biker gang. Really? They, <laughs> I always I drive by and they're out there and they, they like build these dirt ramps hmm. and they'll do, and, and ditches. That was, a lot, that was what I spent a lot of my time as a kid doing. We had this huge backyard, this wooded area that had a number of really interesting paths to it. So I was right. like, okay, I'm going to take a shovel and turn some of these into ramps and stuff. Yeah, so so not all the kids are uh, wasting away in their you know in their basements or wherever they stay, but uh, it it's it is bad. Forty five percent of kids are obese. Ah, that's horrible. Yeah, when you put it like that, that's almost 
every other kid. So now, so who is suggesting that kids get sunshine and, and fresh air? Well, who, who is this Jamoke? Doctors uh, is how it started so far. We'll get into, it'll probably name a few of them. When Annette Cohen went for a health checkup last summer in Washington State, she and her doctor discussed concerns around her weight and asthma. Then her doctor offered a novel prescription, <laughs> regular hikes in the woods. I'm concerned about my weight, doctor. What do I do? And it's novel for the doctor to say, have you tried taking a walk? And, well, what, and what about your diet as well? By the way, that's the, that has got to be the worst. Talking about the FDA. I don't care what they approve because look at what they suggest that we eat. That, sure. that food pyramid, it needs to be flipped upside down. They already did that, remember? Did they? I thought they just changed the they changed it into a pie or something where it's no, they all flipped equal it upside portions. down. It's still a bunch of BS from the government, but you know it's the reverse. I'll have to look at the newer. Still don't the, think you the, should the trust newer them. Variant, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. So the doctor gave Cohen a one year pass to Washington State Park System and told her to quote go for walks, go camping, do what you need to do. The lady, who is now 53, told the reporter a year on, she said the part prescription was a, quote, great experience for her and her whole family. I have lost 30 pounds since April of this year just being out and about, she said. Amazing. Amazing that being out and about doing stuff, like even if you're just walking, causes you to lose weight. Who would have thought? But now people are being told to stay home. You can't even leave. You can't go out and get any exercise. Or if so, you better not go too far from your house and don't forget to wear a mask. And in Australia, you can only go outside one hour per day to exercise. And then that, you are locked in your home. And there's only so much exercise you can really do in your home. You you can count walking out for the most Mm -hmm. part. Unless you're just going to walk around in circles. But that's depressing. With the COVID-19 pandemic highlighting the health benefits of spending more time outdoors, this is the first I've heard about that. All I Well, I guess they do say it spreads less outdoors, so maybe that's what they mean. A growing faction of the U.S. medical community is prescribing time outside the same way they would prescribe traditional medicine. The idea of writing out park or nature prescriptions has taken hold particularly among pediatricians. It all came together during the pandemic, said Maya Moody, president-elect of the Missouri chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics, pointing to spikes in childhood anxiety and pediatric obesity since the coronavirus outbreak started. With lockdowns keeping children indoors, keeping in mind, they just said... No, it's not the lockdowns that are doing it. It's the cowardly parents who are refusing to allow their kids to go outside or encourage their kids... Uh, to go outside. If there's a bunch of kids that want to go out during the lockdowns, then there's nothing the government's going to be able to do about it. No, and I mean, at least here in the United States, the government probably wouldn't even try. In Australia, though, they might. They yeah. would. I don't know. If, there's, if the cops are driving around stopping lemonade stands and stuff, and, and kids working, you know, you hear up these stories every now and then, some kid's mowing lawns or something, and mm-hmm. he gets in trouble because he's not licensed. I'm just saying, if a bunch of kids want to go outside... It's going to look real bad for the cops to go start putting them in handcuffs and taking them back home. Mm. And by the way, I'm looking at the new food pyramid. It's mm-hmm. basically the same thing. They just flipped it. That's they, what I told it, you. They you said it. they wanted them to flip it. I said they did. Well, they didn't. I'm No, I mean flip it upside down. So That's what they did, isn't it? No, it's like a spectrum. And it's all like the same. It's all the uh, same categories. It's the same size. Grains is the biggest spectrum on here. Mm-hmm. And when I say flip it, I mean the grains should be saying. at the top. I, honestly, I hadn't seen this new variant that you're talking about with the like the vertical columns. 
yeah, people, you're eating too much processed grains and flour, and, and it just it, that's where you're at. Get the processed carbs out of your out of your system, and go out and get some sunshine. Eat more meat. Eat more vegetables. So Moody says they were seeing 30, 50, 60 pound weight gains God. during the last year and a half. How could you pot? I mean, my God, that's insane. Yeah, for th- kids? Yes. And gaining 30 uh, uh, pounds is a lot, but 60? Yeah. And, and, and by the way, uh, it's not just kids. I've seen, oh, yeah. I've seen uh, full-grown adults during the last year who just, just, who, just, who just ballooned out of proportion. People And people who work often regularly employed so it's not someone who's locked down but something about this this uh this last year um hmm. i think people well, the I, lockdowns they, i think it's depression eating they're depressed they're sitting around the house and they, they're doing nothing i mean instead of using that time even if you were being told you had to stay home from work or whatever you don't have the amount of time that it takes to drive to work anymore because a lot of people have what a 40 minute 30 minute hour long drive in in, in a lot of cities to get to work yeah. You know, you you subtract, let's say you've got a 45-minute drive to work. Well, that's an hour and a half. You're on the road every single day. That's enough time for a daily workout right there. It is. So it's not like they didn't have time for it. They just didn't want to do it. Excellent point. So they were seeing 30, 50, 60-pound weight increases in children. This April, she became one of about a dozen pediatric pediatricians across the state who have started offering nature prescriptions. So it's not exactly uncommon. Wow. When I give a prescription, it's specific, just like an antibiotic. They use it They use it for this many days, and I say, go to this park. Buy-in has differed with different age groups, Moody noted, with younger children and their parents being more open to the approach, but teenagers expressing skepticism. 16 and 17-year-olds look at me and say, you want me to get off TikTok and get an actual tick in the woods? She said. Oh, man. <laughs> it's stupid. Terrified of ticks, man. Look, you don't have to go into the woods. I mean, I get it. Ticks are... Nasty. There's I no mean, especially here in the Northeast, where Lyme they disease. Yeah. Yeah. This, is where, this is where it originated. But just, I got plenty of ticks on me when I lived in the South, and never had an issue with. You Lyme can disease. still just walk around the city. Also, you, know, true. you don't have to walk in the woods. But Moody said that the fact that doctors and health experts are now seriously looking at how something as simple as walking in the park can help patients is yeah. exciting. A spokesman said the group is forming a committee on the issue of nature prescriptions, but declined to offer nature prescriptions. <laughs> how bad it is if if that's what they got to do to get people outside i'm okay with it what are your thoughts do you think exercising can help prevent obesity i can't believe Mm -hmm. that that isn't an obvious question 603-283-6160 there's more coming up it's free talk live It's Free Talk Live. You're welcome to join us. Talk about whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160. That's the call line for you to do that. 603-283-6160. Coming up September the 4th at 3.33 p.m. You can join the Smiles and Hugs for Peace virtual event. You don't need any internet or digital device to participate. The virtuality consists of the fact that Star Child will not be physically present but will manifest for you to the extent that your magical thinking allows you to conjure his presence. If you don't know who or what he is, don't view that as an impediment to whatever magic you may experience. So at approximately 3.33 p.m. on September September the 4th, you may hear the ringing of a bell or bells or other unusual sounds. Pause whatever you're doing, look around you, and start smiling. If you see someone else grinning, give that person a hug. 
If you see someone smiling and coming towards you, step up and give them a hug. And as you hug, hold this intention in your mind. A world based on love and cooperation, not coercion, is possible. Both smiling and hugs are healthy and good for you, containing no carcinogens, trans fats, or high fructose corn syrup. And hopefully, no artificial ingredients. September the 4th at 3.33 p.m. Now, we're talking... What were we talking about? Because I've clicked away on so many different things. Fat kids. Fat kids, yes, thank you. Video game addiction. And nature prescriptions being given by doctors. Mm. They're still new, these nature prescriptions, so there isn't much data on their effectiveness. What? (laughs) Is this for real? This is for real, and and I'm stunned the more I read it. This is Reuters? Yeah, I'm stunned the more I read it that they have the audacity to say there is little data on the effectiveness of exercise as a treatment for obesity. Breaking news. It's like Reuters doesn't know what's up. It's like these just open. This must be one of those, uh, what was the it Twitch channel? It sounds like satire. I mean, it sounds like you're reading, what, Twitch channel? The Twitch, the people who changed their the complete 180 in nine months. It sounds like these people don't, oh, they, um, they don't know anything they learned in school. on Twitter. It's insane to hear this. One 2018 analysis by researchers from Britain's University of East Anglia did find, quote, they may have substantial benefits. Taking a walk? Yes. (laughs) There has been more research done on the general benefits of being outdoors. And one example, starting next month, a study supported by the Welsh government will look at the benefits of treating hospital patients outside. In more than 500 scientific studies in recent decades, researchers have linked time spent in nature with decreased anxiety. So remember, this is still new and there's little data on their effectiveness, (laughs) but they do have 500 scientific studies in recent years linking time spent in nature with decreased anxiety, reduced risk of obesity, and even reduced overall mortality. But... This is still new, so there's little data. Be now, careful, people. You might get hurt out I know, there. right? Well, when you, th- when you think about all the science that's been shoved down our throats over the last year, you know, trust, the, trust the science, and none of it is this. I mean, it's, it, it truly is like a, a complete 180. Most of these people uh, don't remember anything from, pre- from, from back in the day, you know, back when they were in school. What, what, is, so what has happened? And by the way, ha- well, what's happened is that, you know, they can say there's little data on their effectiveness and two paragraphs later say there are more than 500 scientific studies and the average reader doesn't recognize that massive contradiction. Right. They just see this as some new untested thing and that scares them. Now, now how do you treat patients outdoors? I, I assume these are not people on like life support and stuff like that, right? I mean, but everything is, this is the whole point of a hospital. It's sanitary. Sterile. Sterile. Yeah. And then you go outside. You don't and need your hospital room to be sterile at all times. Well, and, and, and of course, there's the argument that maybe it's too sterile. And yeah, maybe it's, sure. maybe you, you want to be out with some fresh air and some sunshine, um, breathing pollen and breathing dust and, the, and all, the, all, that, all that good junk. Um, well, good doctors like Ron Paul were advising people go outside back at the beginning of the so-called pandemic. He was saying, hey, look, you want to take care of yourself. The best thing to do is go out, get some sunlight, get some exercise, keep your immune system yeah, go, go strong. Bike, go biking with Ron. He does that. He does that. He's In his a, 80s. He's an old dude. Yeah. So more than 500 scientific studies linking time spent in nature with decreased anxiety, reduced risk of obesity, and reduced overall mortality, said Maryland-based pediatrician Stacy Beller-Stryer. Stryer is also associate medical director with Park Rx America, an online platform that helps medical professionals 
write nature prescriptions. I can't imagine it's that help? hard. Yeah. Using its database of thousands of parks. Oh, that's this is why. Oh, they have to tell people where to go. Well, they, I guess they don't have to, but evidently they're choosing to. I guess it's more likely the patient will follow their instructions. Like, yeah. hey, go to the this doctor said park. I should do this. So, yes. wow. So they're using this database of thousands of parks and public lands. Prescribers filter by activity, distance from a patient's home, and amenities such as playground. Once the patient decides on where to go, so evidently the patient does decide that. The prescriber talks about what they should do. Maybe walk a dog and how often. Maybe every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for 30 minutes. Look, if you have a dog and you're not walking it at least once a day, you shouldn't have a dog. Writing out an actual prescription for time in nature gives patients a useful extra push, said Brent Bauer. More it, than half it of- really does seem like this is idiocracy at this point. I mean, yeah. for, to, to have to go to a doctor to get a prescription to specifically go to a certain park and be told when to go and how often to go and what to do when you get there. It's just like, wow, people, really? And people the, are doing this? This is being obese and going to a doctor and saying, hey, Help I'm me. fat. What yeah. can I do to lose weight? Yeah. By the way, and here's another thing you can do, too. You can move out of the cities and you can go move out in the woods like we do. We're, we're pretty much in the woods ourselves. Sure, here in Keene. But, I mean, there's lots of studies that uh, have shown that uh, – you know, living in the cities is is it's triggering. It's you it, you're constantly stressed out. You're, well, you're dealing with all the the sirens and the honking horns and the that may be true. But dude, concrete. I, a couple of years ago, I went to Tokyo uh, to visit with Roger Veer and the Bitcoin.com offices out there. And let me tell you, they don't have fatties in Tokyo. No, but it, yeah, look what they eat. But it's also a city. And so, like, the the people there walk around that city. Well, it, like, it, there's a lot of walking in Tokyo. This article I have pulled up actually talks about Tokyo. They yeah. do this thing called forest bathing, where they get away from the city and they go walk through the the, uh, the city parks and whatnot hmm. and, just, and just hang out. But the biggest, the biggest thing that they have in their favor is, the, is their diet. Mm-hmm. They're not eating the same nonsense that we eat that is banned in a lot of other countries, the, the, the synthesized sugar and whatnot and, the, and all the, 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 the processed carbs. They're eating meat. I will say Americans are fat, though. Oh, yeah. So a census of park prescription programs last year estimated that there were more than 100 of these programs nationwide. More than half of my patients who receive a, quote, prescription for time in nature go ahead and do so successfully. Bauer said so. The only other half, half can't do it, right? Yeah, I guess so. Or they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Or they think, oh, this guy's a quack. I just wanted a pill to make right. me better. That's always the solution that Americans are looking for. Just the, a pill. Yep. The Pittsburgh Parks Conservancy, I'm not even going to attempt it again, began a pilot program in collaboration with the UPMC Children's Hospital in 2016 after a pediatric resident was leading patients in a weight management clinic. So at least one public park has a program with a children's hospital. They wanted to encourage patients to get outside but didn't know where to send them, which started an inquiry from him, from the manager of this hospital. To the park system and it's blossomed from there. In a 2018 study, more than 80% of personnel at participating Pittsburgh clinics said that they were frequently recommending that patients visit parks. Last year, Salt Lake County in Utah offered park prescriptions to its employees, quote, to improve or maintain physical and mental health while building sustainable health behaviors. Wow, Novel shocking. concept. Yeah, the idea that like getting back to nature can calm you down and get you reconnected. 
with things that are, you know, you might not have been thinking about or give you the, the space to, uh, you know, move your mind in a different direction. Do a little meditation, walking meditation. While, while more doctors are looking at using time outside as a medical strategy, park prescription programs face issues of access. In low-income neighborhoods, parks are four times smaller and more crowded on average than parks in high-income areas. Set a study. Set, oh, why? Okay, so take a walk to the high-income areas park then. <laughs> it's just more exercise. It also remains unclear how to keep the programs financially sustainable. Because, well, you don't need a program for it. You don't need a no. doctor telling you to go to the park. You don't need some sort of official program between the hospital. But that's the sad part about this is people apparently do feel like they need to be told how to be healthy that they won't be they can figure this out for themselves even though everybody's got a little computer in their hands these days i mean almost everyone even poor people have multiple you know devices, devices that they can use to look up different solutions for how to lose weight and they want someone in a white lab coat telling that's them what they want they want authority they want authority that's, that's these where we're people at. want to be told what to do they were taught this in school yep. at a very very early age well, all of the tips on losing weight, none of them are exercise. Got to be honest with you. It's 100% about diet here. So I disagree. I have to go with the doctors on this one. Definitely exercise. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Brute force, intransigent defiance, adamantine will. These are the hallmarks of the AI tank. These gigantic machines have the firepower of an army, but they also have their own sense of honor and duty. When the world breakers arrive, battle will be joined, planets will shake, and war and peace will never be the same again. World breakers, stories from David Weber, Larry Correa, and more. Available August 3rd from BaneBooks.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us, 603-283-6160. If you want to do that, that's 603-283-6160. With you tonight is Arya, Ian, and Conan, and I want to switch gears here to talk about this article I found earlier in the day that I absolutely love, even though it's it's about castle culture, but not in the way that you think. It starts out by quoting the Scarlet Letter. I'm going to skip over the quote because it has, from what I could tell, it has nothing to do with the actual article. So begins the tale of Hester Prynne, as recounted in Nathaniel Hawthorne's most famous novel, The Scarlet Letter. As readers of this classic American text know, I've I've never read it, and I'm starting to think that's probably a lapse in my education. I probably should take the time to read it. You know the the premise, though, right? Yeah, I only do from reading this. The story begins after Hester gives birth to a child out of wedlock and refuses to name the father. As a result, she's sentenced to be mocked by a jeering crowd, undergoing, quote, an agony from every footstep of those that throng to see her, as if her heart had been flogged. They could have skipped that. After that, she must wear a scarlet A for adulterer pinned to her dress for the rest of her life. On the outskirts of Boston, she lives in exile. No one will socialize with her, not even those who have quietly committed similar sins, among them the father of her child, the saintly village preacher. The scarlet letter has the effect of a spell, taking her out of the ordinary relations with humanity and enclosing her in a sphere by herself. We read that story with a certain self-satisfaction, such an old-fashioned tale. 
Even Hawthorne sneered at the Puritans with their sad-colored garments and gray-steepled crowned hats, their strict conformism, their narrow minds, and their hypocrisy. And today we are not just hip and modern, we live in a land governed by the rule of law. We have procedures designed to prevent the metting out of unfair punishment. Scarlet letters are a thing of the past. Yeah, right. <laughs> Except they aren't. When, when was this written? Uh, well, this is recent. Yeah, this I found it today, so I was probably today. Except they aren't. Right here in America, right now, it is possible to meet people who have lost everything, jobs, money, friends, colleagues, after violating no laws and sometimes no workplace rules either. Instead, they have broken or are merely accused of having broken social codes having to do with race, sex, personal behavior, or even acceptable humor, which may not have existed five years ago or maybe five months ago. Some have made egregious errors or judgment. Some have done nothing at all. It isn't always easy to tell. Yet, despite the disputed nature of these cases, it's become both easy and useful for some people to put them into larger narratives. Partisans, especially on the right, now toss around the phrase cancel culture when they want to defend themselves from criticism, however legitimate. But dig into the story of anyone who has been a genuine victim of modern mob justice, and you will often find not an obvious argument between, quote, woke and anti-woke perspectives, but rather incidents that are interpreted, described, or remembered by different people in different ways, even leaving aside whatever political or intellectual issue may be at stake. There's a reason that science reporter Donald McNeil, after being asked to resign from the New York Times, needed 21,000 words published in four parts to recount a series of conversations he had with high school students in Peru, during which he may or may not have said something racially offensive, depending on whose account you find most persuasive. There's a reason that Laura Kipnis, an academic at Northwestern, Northwestern, required an entire book to recount the repercussions, including to herself, of two allegations of sexual harassment against one man at her university after she referred to the case in an article about sexual paranoia, students demanded that the university investigate her too. A full explanation of the personal, professional, and political nuances in both cases needed a lot of space. By contrast to Nathaniel's world, the modern online public sphere, a place of rapid conclusions, rigid ideological prisms, and arguments of 280 characters favors neither nuance nor ambiguity. Yet the values of that online sphere have come to dominate many American cultural institutions, universities, newspapers, foundations, museums, hitting public demands for rapid retribution, they sometimes impose the equivalent of lifetime scarlet letters on people who have not been accused of anything remotely resembling a crime. Instead of courts, they use secretive bureaucracies. Instead of hearing evidence and witnesses, they make judgments behind closed doors. I've been trying to understand these stories for a long time, both because I believe that the principle of due process underpins liberal democracy, and also because they remind me of other times and places. I wrote a book about the Sovietization of Central Europe and found that much of the political conformism of the early communist period was the result not of violence or direct state coercion, but rather of intense peer pressure. Even without a clear risk to their life, people felt obliged, not just for the sake of their career, but for their children, their friends, their spouse, to repeat slogans that they didn't believe, like, get the vaccine, vaccine. maybe, Mm -hmm. or just put on the mask. Now, I'm curious, I... 
found this story as well. I had not gone through it in any meaningful sense to see what conclusions they were coming to or where they're coming from. But it's interesting that it's in the Atlantic, which so far in the last year or so has been vehemently pro-vaccine, completely against any kind of uh, questioning the official narrative. So I, you know, I do find myself wondering where if, this is going, where it's going, or where this author is coming from, uh, because it's unusual that this story so far would appear in the Atlantic. Maybe he's getting ready to get canceled himself, and he's just, this is his parting, his parting song. Yeah, exactly. I gotta be honest, I did not read the entire article. I, I read can't it, blame you, it's long. I, yeah, I read a fair bit of it, and I was like, okay, this is pretty good for mm-hmm. the show. I mean, it's a refreshing perspective, and I had never thought about comparing modern-day things to the Scarlet Letter, which is far more appropriate oh, than it, comparisons to, you know, wearing a star during Nazi Germany. The, 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 the system of excommunication that that Hawthorne was writing about it's a it is so alive uh, in our present day uh you I, you see it everywhere it's you know at, at every level and you know who you, you know who the proper perpetrators are most often it's the people we were talking about in the last segment the 180ers uh, these people on on Twitch and and all yeah. of these other social medias who who changed their entire uh uh you know yeah, and if they find something you said nine months ago that conflicts with what they believe on, at this exact moment, they will cancel you. Correct. They'll get together and they will have they they will call your employer and they'll be like, they will. Do, "Do you know what this person said three years ago, ten years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to do something about this, otherwise we're gonna we're gonna set up a boycott of your company." And the and and these these employers they always they always cave, or 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 whatever administration, whether it be a school or a hospital or anything. These people are are vicious, yeah. and they and they they know how to do it because it's working. Yep, it, and that's more evidence that we don't need Stalinism to create this kind of atmosphere. During a trip to Turkey earlier this year, the author met a writer who showed. I'm going to switch back to the author's perspective here. I met a writer who showed me his latest manuscript kept in a dr- desk drawer. His work wasn't illegal; it was just unpublishable. Turkish newspapers, magazines, and publishing houses are subject to unpredictable prosecutions and drastic sentences for speech or writing that can be arbitrarily construed as insulting the president or the Turkish nation. Mm. Fear of these sanctions leads to self-censorship and silence. In America, of course, we don't have that kind of state coercion. Oh, yes, we oh, do. Oh, yes, we do. You say and, something bad about anybody, any politician, and they're gonna, they're gonna, the mob is going to come after you. Well, no, we have that direct state coercion here in the United States. We talked about it, I think, yesterday here on the show. It may have been, I think it was yesterday. You mean working hand in hand with Silicon Valley? The U.S. government is telling Facebook what post to flag. The U.S. government is monitoring Facebook and saying, hey, we don't like this post. Make is, it go away. Is it is it that way or is it the other way it around? It is that way. The is, White House pre- press secretary admitted this, saying, hey, yes, we're flagging problematic posts for Facebook. I thought Zuckerberg was doing all this on his own. Nope. It's, well, working, he probably working, is. Working he, hand in hand with government. I think they're, they're on the same team. It's not like they're telling each other. Is, but, they're not telling each other what to do. They're, they're no, working they are. together. They no, are, they're the, working together. No, they're not. And the White House press secretary for the Biden administration has straight out said this, that they are telling Facebook what posts to remove. Hey, screw your freedoms. Right. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, I mean, we do have that sort of state coercion going on right now where the U.S. government is monitoring Facebook and Twitter, I think, was another one. And YouTube is saying, hey, we don't like this. This needs to go away. And now you got well, Australia doing the same thing. That said, though, I mean, we still do have more semblance of freedom of speech here than in Turkey. That, that's I mean, true. You and I are talking right now about what the government gang is doing. Now, to be fair, they did raid the studio back in March. <laughs> they did arrest both of yeah. us like six months ago. For the most part, <laughs> most sh- people still have the ability to criticize the government in the United States. Yep. And, and, we have, Tur- and we have guns. And Turkey well, is ranked don't. 
number 153 on the rankings of uh, press freedom, the World Press Freedom Index. The U.S. is 44. Yeah, we're certainly not as bad as Turkey, but there is state coercion going on here. There's more coming up from this article because it gets into a number of fascinating subjects that I think are worth bringing up. What are your thoughts on censorship? Are we dealing with the scarlet letter type of things? 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live, where last year we told you about Intercoin, which can help any business and organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Now, Intercoin.org has launched worldwide. So if there's a token you want to launch or an app you want to build, go to Intercoin.org, enter your email, and the team there will get in touch with you and learn about your needs. And while you're there, if you want, get some Intercoins for yourself. Intercoin.org, I-N-T-E-R, coin. Dot org, But you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And Conan. And I, we are talking about this article here that's all about uh, cancel culture, basically. Here is the first thing that happens when you have been accused of breaking a social code when you find yourself at the center of a social media storm because of something you said or allegedly said. The phone stops ringing. People stop talking to you. You become toxic. I have been in my department. Dozen, I have in my department dozens of colleagues. I think I've spoken to zero of them in the past year, one academic told me. One of my colleagues I had lunch with at least once a week for more than a decade. He just refused to speak to me anymore <laughs> without asking questions. Another figured that of the 20 odd members in his department, there are two one of whom has no power and another of whom is about to retire, who will now speak to me. A journalist told me that after he was summarily fired, his acquaintances sorted themselves into three groups. First, the heroes, very small in number, who, quote, insist on due process before damaging another person's life and who stick by their friends. Second, yep. the villains, who you think who you, who think you should, quote, immediately lose your livelihood as soon as the allegation is made. Some old friends or people he thought were old friends even joined the public attack. I've been through this. And what's the third group? The fence sitters? The majority. Good, but useless. They don't yep. necessarily think the worst of you, and they would like you to get due process, but you know they haven't looked into it. They have reasons to think charitably of you, but they're too busy to help, or they have too much to lose. So this guy, this author is, in fact... No, he's quoting a journalist. Oh, okay. So because I'm of the opinion this author might be on his way out. I think it, he's... Well, if this author was one of the people this has happened to, evidently the Atlantic wouldn't have published his piece or her piece. Most people drift away because life moves on. Others do so because they are afraid that those unproven allegations may, might imply something far worse. One professor who has not been accused of any physical contact with anybody was astonished to discover that some of his colleagues assumed that if his university was disciplining him, he must be a <laughs> rapist. Another person suspended from his job put it this way. Someone who knows me but maybe doesn't know my soul or character may be saying to themselves that prudence would dictate they keep their distance lest they become collateral Mm. damage. Mm. So here's the second thing that happens. Even if you have not been suspended, punished, or found guilty of anything, you cannot function in your profession. 
If you are a professor, no one wants you as a teacher or mentor. The, the graduate students made it obvious to me that I was a non-person and could not be tolerated, one professor said. You cannot publish in professional journals. You cannot quit your job because no one else will hire you. If you're a journalist, you might find you can no longer publish at all. After losing his job as editor of the New York Review of Books in a hashtag MeToo-related editorial dispute, he wasn't accused of assault, just of printing an article by someone who was. Ian Baruma discovered that several of the magazines where he had been writing for three decades would no longer publish him. Mm. One editor said something about younger staff at his magazine, although a group of more than 100 New York Review of Books contributors had signed a public letter in Baruma's defense This editor evidently feared his colleagues more than he did Joyce Carol Oates, one of the authors. For many, intellectual and professional life... I want to to jump in here. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I've been through some of this back when the first raid happened here uh, in 2016, which they said they were looking for child pornography in our studios, which they never found. Obviously. Five years later, uh, they still have the equipment, but, you know, no charges have been brought against anyone for that. Um I did have a teenage girlfriend at the time, and so it was interesting, like, the very things that he, he's talking about here. There were the people that stuck with me, and then there were the people that I thought were my friends that turns out they weren't, and they, you know, turned on me, basically. So all of the That's things so that, sad, man. Yeah. Uh, and now, in my case, I didn't have a job, so I didn't have to deal with whatever job-related fallout that, that he's describing. I, I'm here on the air. This is my show. You know, I created it. Uh, but there was definitely some things that happened. A couple of shows mysteriously decided they wanted to no longer be on LRN.FM. And they didn't explain their answers as to why they didn't want to be on were not clear. Like they didn't, they weren't, um, they weren't honorable enough to like actually explain themselves when I asked. Mm. And, but you know, I'm like, okay, you don't want to be on anymore. That's fine. I'll respect your requests. You got to have a pretty good reason off. as a content creator, though, to not want to have your content on a platform that isn't costing you anything to have it yeah, on. That's why it was bewildering to me. You yeah. Know? Um, I presume it had to do with what had happened, and although I didn't, never got a straight answer, I did years later get an answer from one person who I won't name as far as who it was, uh, but uh, that person basically said they had heard something about me uh, regarding to something that they thought that they had heard that I said about the age of consent or something like that, or that I was like a rapist or, or some. I forget exactly what it was, so I don't want to, again, say who it was. But whatever it was that they heard, they never I, bothered to actually ask me about it. Like this person who had been on the... Or the to re- listen to the show that got taken totally out of context and blown out of proportion. Yeah, and, and he admitted he didn't listen to the thing. He had just heard it from somebody about what I allegedly said about supporting rape of children or something like that, which, of course, is ridiculous. And I never said anything like that. But the person and, and I had had a relationship to where this guy was on the network every single day. And was regularly like I dealt with him regularly. It wasn't like some sideshow that I never talked to or anything like that. And I said, well, you know, you could have just talked to me. Yeah. And he didn't have anything to say about it. That's depressing. That's yeah. what the author here points out. You know, a lot, that that's the third category of person who just, they, you know, they want to believe the best, but they don't they don't talk to you. They don't ask you about it. They just disassociate. Yep. For some people, this can result in a catastrophic loss of income. Ludlow moved to Mexico because he could live more cheaply there. For others, it can create an identity crisis. After describing the various jobs he had held in the months since being suspended from his teaching job, one of the academics I interviewed seemed to choke up, saying, 
I'm really only good at one thing, he told me, and pointed to mathematical formulas on a blackboard behind him and said this. Those who can do. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But ultimately, you know, I think that it's... Those who can't teach. I mean, these things are frustrating for people to go through them, but I'm I'm glad that it happened because I wouldn't want to to be around the two-faced people, and I'm glad I got to find out who those people were. You know? That's true. It's, it's every, every now and then it's good to clean out your friends, your friends yeah. list. And, and sometimes you don't know where people really stand until something, until the crazy happens. Right, until they have to take a side. Yep. The third thing that happens is that you try to apologize whether or not you have done anything wrong. Robert George, a Princeton philosopher who has acted as a faculty advocate for students and professors who have fallen into legal or administrative difficulties. I assume you did not apologize because you didn't say what they accuse you of saying. Yeah, right. Okay. They have been popular and successful their whole lives. That's how they climbed the ladder to their academic positions. And then suddenly there's this terrible feeling of everybody hates me. So what do they do? More often than not, they just cave in and apologize. Mm. I said, what am I apologizing for? And they said, well, their feelings were hurt. Imagine apologizing because someone's feelings were hurt over something you said. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. When a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from Proxima Centauri, the nations of Earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last. With the Proximans facing an extinction-level disaster, Earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course. Saving Proxima, a hard science fiction thriller by Travis S. Taylor and Les Johnson. From BaneBooks.com. It is Free Talk Live. As always, you can join us 603 283 6160 because that's what we do here at Free Talk Live. We empower you. To express your opinions, to share your thoughts on national radio. And if you value that, you may consider joining the AMP program. You can find it at amp.freetalklive.com. And you can join it like Roderick Gallatin did. He's a platinum-level amplifier, which means that Roderick is giving $25 or more per month to the AMP program. We don't ask that much, though. To join the program, all it takes is $5 per month. That gets you in. And it's money that is used solely to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live, to get us on more radio stations, to get more podcast downloads, and all of that awesome stuff. So if you value that, if you value Free Talk Live and the idea of a libertarian radio show on close to 200 radio stations, check out the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. Speaking of the phones, though, let's go to them. We have Pizza Cake Man calling. Pizza Cake Man, you're on Free Talk Live. How's it going this evening, guys? Hey, what's on your mind? Have, have you been paying attention to what's going on in Australia, and do you feel like they kind of deserve it, seeing as they were originally a uh, prison colony anyway, and they've allowed their entire continent to become a prison state? I get the you sense you don't listen to the show much these days. You're talking like the sins of the father? Yeah, I don't, right. I don't, I don't, I don't go for that at all. But yeah, we did talk about it for the first uh, 30 minutes of this, uh, of this morning. Yeah, we we've been talking about it, about it a yeah, lot. You know, I, just, I just got here. I just got here today. Uh, it's, it's been a rough week, but no, I was listening to you guys last week. I do come in on occasion, not as often as I used to, but yeah, I've just been, I, I wanted to point out how fuck hilarious it is that, uh, these people have gotten themselves into this situation and now it's spreading here and I'm ready for it. I'm armed. I have 
reserves. I've, I'm ready to move if necessary. Hopefully you are too. But the United States is, is slowly and surely becoming a prison state like the rest of the planet. And I'm with Alex Jones on this. We need to fight back. Well, where are you going to where are you going to move to? I mean, well, where, where is where is safe? To, we have to stay. We have to stay in areas that are rural. We have to stay away from areas where they're easy, easily controllable, uh, tight city streets, things like that. We need to stay in the woods. We need to stay in rural communities and gather individuals. Um, and after that, obviously, there's going to be tons of infiltrators. So it's not about being violent. It's about being able to defend yourselves. And that's what it's, that's the key. Nobody needs to be violent, but everyone needs to prepare to be violent to defend your life. Well, I would add to that as well, not only be able to defend yourself, uh, not only get out of the cities and get away from these population control centers, uh, but you also need to uh, spend a spend, you know, a, spend good, a good amount of time preparing yourself, your, you, you're the individual that you speak of, uh, to, to survive the, the, the onslaught that uh, you, you are pretty sure is going to happen. And I'm I'm kind of. I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody defending themselves if they're attacked. But on the other hand, I also don't think that violence is going to be the answer. I don't think that violence does anything more than beget violence, ultimately, especially if you're talking about the rise of the police state or the state in general being the violent ones. You Using violence against them is usually going to result in your total extermination. Yeah, and, which is not effective. And then activism. they will use you as their excuse to get more violent. Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree. I don't think violence is the solution. I like the solution that we're working on here in New Hampshire, which is to declare independence from the United States. Peacefully declare independence from the United States. Just have New Hampshire declare itself its own sovereign government. And then it doesn't really matter what the United States government does to its citizens because we're no longer citizens of the United States at that point. Well, and if you've got enough people on your side, and, and Pizza Cake Man did talk about gathering people together, if you do have enough people on your side, you don't need to be violent. You you can have enough people to do massive civil disobedience, massive non-cooperation. You know, if you have enough people that uh, don't want to follow some stupid government diktat or pay some tax or whatever it is, you know, whatever their demand is, if enough people don't go along with it, it is not as, you know, it doesn't exist. You know, people have to be obedient. They have to obey. They have to ultimately consent to what the government is doing to them. And that's what's the saddest part about Australia is how many people are going along to get along yeah. and voluntarily locking themselves up when being told to. Yeah, I, I, I'm under the impression that Australia is going to have to suffer uh, in order to get enough people to wake up. I think that right now... Yeah, the truckers it, aren't enough. The truckers, are, it's got to be the farmers, it's got to be the police, it's got to be the military, it's got to be everybody. Um, and I and I just, I don't think that they have felt enough of the pain uh, to, to, to pull their heads up out of the sand. And, sadly. Uh, sadly, and, uh, and, and stick up for themselves. So it's, but speaking of, you know, gathering people together, I mean, that's what the Free State Project has been attempting to do here in New Hampshire is gather libertarians here so that, you know, we can achieve libertarian goals like seceding from the United States government and lowering taxes and creating choice in schools and other obvious libertarian things. I see no reason that at any at any point at this stage, people should be seriously contemplating defending themselves against enforcers of the state. To me, that's silly. Yeah, uh, Ruby Ridge, uh, uh, David Koresh. They, these are people who try to do the same thing. They try to go out in the woods, do their own thing, and uh, 
the, the, the state does not like that. They made examples of those people very quickly. Speaking of people having examples made of them, that's pretty much what happens with cancel culture. And even if you apologize, which is what we were left off with before the last break, even if you apologize, it doesn't really help the situation. More often than not, apologies will be parsed and examined for sincerity and then rejected. Howard Bachner, the editor of the Journal of the American Medical Association, apologized for something he'd had nothing directly to do with mm-hmm. after one of his colleagues made controversial comments on a podcast and on Twitter about whether communities of color were held back more by, quote, structural racism or by socioeconomic factors. And probably said it 10 years ago as well. Well, I, I, I don't know what difference it could make. The, the structural racism could cause the socioeconomic factors. And the socioeconomic factors would cause the structural racism. So I, I, both of those are leftist talking points. Mm-hmm. That the, but he was still canceled because of it. He, he's got uh, Bachner here who, you know, was just this one of his colleagues said this says, I remain profoundly disappointed in my myself for the lapses that led to the publishing of the tweet and podcast. <laughs> Although I did not write or even see the tweet or create the podcast as editor in chief, I am ultimately responsible for them. He ended up resigning, but this too is typical because apologies have become ritualized. They invariably seem insincere. Websites even offer sample templates for people who need to apologize. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, speaking of cancel culture and people being racist, probably this guy, you know, probably many, many years ago, someone, someone dragged it up. Why is it? Why doesn't Biden ever get canceled? He said all kinds of racist things in his time. That's a good question, and man. It's the, the, that audio is floating around. He's talking about he doesn't want his kids going to a jungle or something. You know, I haven't heard that. Even on the <laughs> even on the debate stage, uh, he was Kamala uh, K- was calling him out, and no one's ever canceled. No, they everyone still voted for him. So why do they sure. pick? They pick and choose. They pick and choose who they want to cancel. And I don't, I don't, I don't understand the algorithm. Well, they can't cancel the president. Sure, they can. Well, Not vote for him. They could have picked someone. They oh, could. That's true. They were, they were, but, then, they were, but then Trump would have won. There were other options. Not, not in their minds. Oh, I, I don't even get it. <laughs> they, I, they, yeah. And they don't even want an apology. One former journalist told me that his ex-colleagues don't want to endorse the process of mistake, apology, understanding, forgiveness. They don't want to forgive. Mm. Instead, he said they want to punish and purify. But the knowledge that whatever you say will never be enough is debilitating. If you make an apology, you know in advance that your apology will not be accepted. That is going to be considered a move in a psychological or cultural or political game. Then the integrity of your introspection is being mocked and you feel permanently marooned in a world of unforgiving, unforgivingness. And that is a truly unethical world. Even after the apology is made, though, a fourth thing happens. People begin to investigate you. One person I spoke with told me he believed he was investigated because his employer didn't want to offer severance compensation and needed extra reasons to justify the termination. Another thought an investigation launched on him was for an argument over language because an, an argument over language would have violated the union contract. So instead, they maybe he hugged someone inappropriately once or something worse. Nobody's perfect. Nobody is pure. And once people set out to interpret ambiguous incidents in a way, it's not hard to find new evidence.
It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160, if you want to do that. And with you tonight, it's Aria, Ian, and Conan. And we've got to move on from this article that we've been talking about, cancel culture. You can find it at... Uh, the Atlantic. No, what's the um, Wellbird thing? What is that? The social.freetalklive.com. <laughs> There's so many different links. So that's social.freetalklive. You can find it over there because it goes on for far longer than it should. And a lot of it's fluff. So we It's the Atlantic. All of their articles are like that. They're okay. really lengthy. I don't read them very often. But I mean, we see, we're, we're like two-thirds of the way through the article. I'm like, okay, I, I'm done. i got to move on here. It's fascinating, but it's not fascinating enough yep, to scarlet, eat that much the of the scarlet show. leather is, a, is alive and well in yeah. even today's time, and it's, it'll, oh, it's just going to turn into something, you know, every generation is going to have their variant. Well, I think the point he was making toward the last part that we were looking at was there were people who were apologizing for... In some cases, things they didn't even do, but they were being blamed for or whatever, and they were taking heat for in their jobs. And it's focusing mostly on academia and journalism and people in those positions and what it's like to get caught up. And they have guides on how to do it right. And and what it's like to get caught up in this controversy where people take sides and and, uh, you you can lose jobs and lose contracts and all that. And some people think that apologizing for a thing that they didn't actually do where there was anything wrong is going to help them and it doesn't yeah did you see that it just makes them look weak it's like the south park episode when the when when uh when stan's father dropped the n-word <laughs> and the whole episode was him uh going to the right people and apologizing to the right people mm. and they, they were i mean that's and that's an old episode that's got to be five six years old and how'd that work out for him it didn't mm-hmm. he was he had to go to uh, he, he went to what's it a uh I'm Who, trying to remember who's the now. Reverend uh, Sharpton. Uh, no, Jesse James. Jesse J- Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson. Yeah. yeah, he had to kiss him on the ring or something. And no, he had oh to, no, he didn't kiss his oh, ring. On, on his butt. <laughs> his butt. <laughs> but yeah, it didn't it didn't work for him. Yeah. Uh, and so if you if and so if you comply with this with these mobsters, there it's the mob. Yeah. If you if you let them run you rough. You're not, you're not going to get out of it. You're not going to win. You might as well just stand up for yourself from the get-go. You won't respect yourself. Exactly. You won't end. be able to wake up in the morning. And the people who had sided with you will turn, you know, they won't respect you yep. for it. And the people that were against you aren't going to all of a sudden embrace you. So then you really will be in nowhere man's land. Excommunicated. Yep. But I want to move on to this article that you brought in, Conan, about this judge in Chicago, because we wanted to get to it last night, but we ended up not getting to it. This is... And it's a horrifying precedent. It is horrifying. It's a sign of the times. Uh, As the cases start to rise this fall, uh, you know, and maybe even some more variants that we haven't heard. Maybe the doomsday variant is on its way. Oh, well, there is a new South African variant. What's it called? I don't... 3.1.c or something like that. They haven't given it a cute name yet? No, but they will. This is, I'm hoping it's the doomsday variant. Let's get this over with. article is a sign of things to come and people in power abusing their power. A judge in Illinois revoked a mother's right to visit her 11-year-old son because she refused to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. Wow. And, and this is, is because of her doctor's advice, as it turns out. Her refusal of the vaccine is because of her doctor's advice, correct. And what is believed to be an unprecedented ruling... Cook County Judge James Shapiro said Rebecca Furlitt, 39, who shares custody of her son with her divorced husband, could not see the boy again until she had taken the shot. 
I was confused because it was supposed to be about expenses and child support, Furlitt told the Chicago Sun-Times about the virtual court hearing, which so took place earlier this month. So they weren't even arguing about custody. It was about money. And the judge took it upon himself to say, you can't see your son again until you're vaccinated. One of the first things he asked me when I got on the Zoom call was whether or not I was vaccinated, which threw me off because I asked him what it had to do with the hearing. He says, I'm the judge and I make the decisions for your case. Jesus. Furlitz, what a power trip. Furlitz's lawyer, A. Fernholz, said she had filed legal challenge to the state appellate court, noting that the boy's father had not been seeking such a ruling. Quote, the trial court clearly exceeded its authority in suspending the mother's parenting time when the issue before the court was child support, Fernhills said in a statement. Quote, the mother did not know her parenting time was being discussed when she went to Zoom court. The judge de- deprived her of notice and a full hearing on the issue. Furlitt, who has not said she will get the vaccine, told the judge her decision was not to take or her decision was not to take it excuse me her decision not to take it was not political i have adverse reactions to vaccines in the past and i was advised not to get vaccinated by my doctor she says it poses a risk <laughs> her son she said was upset at, uh, her son was upset da, 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 da. i think it's wrong she says i think Thank that you, Judge, the, I for think making that it's my the, son upset. I think it's dividing families, and I think it's not in my son's best interest to be away from her mother. A spokesperson for Cook County Circuit Court said the judge could not comment. Duh. Jeffrey, leaving attorney for the father, Matthew Duvian, said they supported the ruling. Of course, the father supports the ruling. Now he, he has full custody, I guess. While this, is believed to be the, while this is believed to be the first time a judge has used non-vaccination as a punitive measure, others have dangled the coronavirus shot as an incentive uh, or a reward. I think we've probably talked about yeah, this on the show. we've covered a few different judges, Ohio and New York, who have mandated uh, shots for people getting uh, probation, for instance, or I think one on a one bail condition. One was pre-release, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Offenders in several dozen minor criminal cases in Georgia have been offered shorter sentences returned for getting vaccinated in New York. Judges have been requiring vaccinations clauses in certain plea agreements or for defendant seeking bail. So all of it's inappropriate. I mean, the idea that these judges should be your doctor I and mean, this judge taking the position of this woman's doctor and saying, no, no, your doctor, we're just going to forget about what he said because, you know, he's your doctor and he knows you and he's got a history with you. No, we're just going to throw that out and I'm going to tell you. What and it's to not do. just this judge. I mean, it's uh, all you uh, superstars out there getting on your TikToks or your Instagram or whatever, telling people to get the jab, just get the jab, just roll mm. up the sleeve and get the jab. And it's like, you don't know. You don't know me. Mm-hmm. You don't know my health. You don't know what the, the what my doctor has told me. You need to get off of that. The same thing with you, Fauci. All you guys. You don't know. Hey, jump on the bandwagon. We're being told on Twitch that the ju- which you can find at twitch.freetalklive.com that the judge had to reverse his decision. Good. Because of the media hmm. and the pushback about this. Good. That's exactly. This is here. Here we are well, talking about this true. and making making a point about it and 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 blowing it up uh, because this is ridiculous. This this is tyranny. You yes. can't you can't do this. You need, oh, he should, not not only should he reverse his decision, he needs to be fired. That ain't gonna happen. I, I would I I would agree. I mean, he drastically overstepped his political power. He's clearly on a power trip, saying, "I'm the judge here. I'm the one who makes the decisions. Are you vaccinated?" And taking away custody from of this woman, taking away this woman's right to access her son because she isn't vaccinated. And as Ian pointed out. 
her doctor told her to not get vaccinated, and right. the judge is saying, uh, "I'm the judge. I'm I'm more powerful, more important, but that's more a knowledgeable." Typical judge line. I mean, that's like what you would hear every judge in America say at some point if you hung out in their courtroom long enough when they were yelling at somebody they were mad at. I mean, that's so standard, kind of. Oh well, you know, the Constitution doesn't apply here. This is my courtroom. I'm the judge. I'm I mean, the judge, and I make the decisions for your case. Yeah, I mean, that's always what these people do. It's just that most of the time you don't get media. Most of the time, these judges are doing ridiculous things to people, completely unsung. There's no one there to report on it. I mean, half the time in family court, the courts are closed, right? Like you can't go in and watch right. a lot of family court hearings. Well, now so. this is, but maybe we've moved into new territory. Where this is a Zoom call. This mm-hmm. is this is something that could have been recorded. Oh, oh they don't let you record they don't things like that. either. They don't like that. That's nope. the first thing they tell you is you better not have your recorders on. But at least it's open to like your hearings, all, mm-hmm. all of all, the crypto six. Uh, there were hundreds of people in those in That's those rooms. The one upside to, I mean, there's there's not a lot of bright spots when it comes to COVID, but that is one of the few. Is that now you can see what's going on yep. inside courts that otherwise you would have had to physically go to and put yourself at risk, and not just courts court too, court but security. like city meetings uh, and uh, local bu- mm-hmm. bureaucracies. Uh, th- this that you're right. If there's one good thing that has happened, uh, there's been a little more transparency, a little more. Uh, it's been it's become easier to to monitor uh, what the the uh, the emperor with no clothes has been actually up and doing. There may be more transparency, but there's even less that you can do about it because yep. yep. you can't go to a lot of these. Well, hearings. we can do what we're doing right now. We can talk about it, and we can get the media to 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 lambast these these judges and you know. Uh, make them make them think about what they really did and what and and who actually is paying their check. It's us. We're paying this guy. He needs you probably to be, he needs get to be better fired. turnout with these digital hearings as well you because do. people don't have to leave their homes to actually go to the court and deal with you know. And they can attend from anywhere instead of just the local area. Well. Yeah. Another benefit is that they all skip the please rise for the honorable judge whatever <laughs> thing. There, there's no ceremony when the judge connects. So that's, right. that's a benefit. We're out of time for tonight, though. You can check us out in the meantime. You should join our social media server. Get away from the censorship that we talked about earlier. Get away from Twitter deciding you shouldn't be able to organize a protest. You can find that at social.freetalklive.com. Again, social.freetalklive.com. Breaking weather news. Belize is sunny and around 82 degrees every day this week. What's the forecast for your life? If current politics and economic prospects are cramping your freedom, escape to the tropics. ECI Development has affordable second homes for you to own or rent in Belize and other tropical countries. Places with stable governments and growing economies. Secure your freedom now. To find out more, send an email to ftl at ecidevelopment.com.